ComC is your home to buy, sell, and flip all kinds of trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 31 million cards, from baseball's biggest stars like Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, and Mookie Betts, to Marvel favorites like Spider-Man, Thor, and Captain America. ComC has something for every type of collector. Come visit ComC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Today, we are going back in time. I want you to sit back, close your eyes, and imagine a world where we had seven or eight companies competing to be the best at producing dozens of different sets each year, where packs cost less than a dollar and can be found on pretty much every corner store, gas station, and grocery store in town, where you could go to multiple card shops in your town and had a choice of several shows each weekend in your area. This was the Junk Wax era. Today's guest goes by Junk Wax Heroes on Twitter, and he joins us to have a conversation about this era where so many of us first joined the hobby. Well, we are back for another conversation to highlight a collecting focus that means a lot to me because it was right in my sweet spot as well. We're going to be talking about the junk wax era today. And to do that, I can't think of anybody better to bring on than Junk Wax Heroes. He's a great follow on Twitter if you like the junk wax era so welcome thanks man i'm really happy to be here man i'm excited i've been following the twitter account for quite a while because like many of us in our 30s and 40s we grew up collecting in the junk wax era so the types of things that you put out there on twitter are always meaningful to me they always strike a chord for me i'm excited that we get to have this conversation today i wanted to start by just getting a feel for why did you start your Jack's Heroes Twitter account? What was the inspiration for that? Well, I think like a lot of people, you know, during uh, the COVID lockdown and everything like that, you start looking back at your life and what made you happy because everybody else was so miserable, right? So I, I ended up getting back into collecting during the, the COVID debacle, I suppose. And, uh, you know, I started watching Phil's polls, which I had a, a really big influence on me. And that was actually before I even uh, opened another pack of cards. But the, the YouTube algorithm blessed me uh, with a link to Phil's polls and just watching how, you know, uh, how much fun he was having and how entertaining uh, his clips and stuff like that were. It really kind of planted the seed, I guess. And, and then I, I thinking back, it's it's one of those things. Why did you ever stop collecting? Right. Um, but it, it really opened that door back up to me. And since then, I've been back into it, man. It's been a lot of fun. When did you collect to start with? You know, what what was kind of your collecting history when you were younger? So I started sort of in the mid 80s. Um, actually, my brother um, was collecting coins and stamps at one point in like the mid 80s and, uh, you know, following in your big brother's footsteps sort of thing. And then we got into comic books a little bit um, and he stayed more into comics. But I'll never forget, I had somehow acquired a copy of Iron Man number one. And I went down to the local card shop and traded it in and bought a bunch of packs of 1986 Topps football. And that was it for me, man. Ever since then, I have been, uh, uh, other than, you know, the hiatus, I suppose. But that's really what opened the door to me 
uh, to card collecting. I remember I had a bunch of Jerry Rice rookies, and you know, Lord only knows what happens to those cards. I'm sure they ended up in my bike spokes and stuff like that. But that's really what opened the door. And ever since then, and then uh, it was such a, a an amazing time in the hobby too. With uh, for my era, the junk wax here, so many great running backs and stuff like that. I got into Walter Payton and Barry Sanders and and all those guys, and it it really uh, it really took off watching the hobby take off at the same time. So it was so much fun. Another man after my own heart. 86 was my first year of collecting as well. I started with baseball that that earlier that summer, but then that 86 football um, release was also one of my favorites. I'm a Bears fan, Central Illinois. And so I was coming off of a Bears Super Bowl. The, That's the what got before, me into so, it, man. So, so that was a, a perfect timing for me to collect those football cards as well. Now, did you continue? You, you know, you mentioned starting with football. I collected baseball and football when I was young. I didn't bring on basketball until probably closer to 89. You know, okay. the, I didn't really have access to any of the basketball releases um, from 86 to 89 or so in my small town. What did that look like for you? Were you focused only on football at the beginning or did once you got the bug with that football release, did you start to get those other sports too? Uh, well, I started with football and I stayed with football for a couple of years. It was mostly it was something I watched with my dad. So that's probably why I first picked it up is, you know, those Sunday afternoons with your dad are pretty special. Right. And then I started playing basketball, I want to say in about 1989. And naturally, with Michael Jordan and all the other excitement, um, it, it was hard not to get swept up into it. Football's always been my number one. Uh, just because that's where I started. Uh, but I, I got pretty heavily into basketball as well. And then I've always dabbled in hockey and, and baseball. Just, you know, you're at the, the convenience store, whatever packs they got, man, I'm picking them up. Very cool. Do you have a favorite set from that era? I think for, for football, it's got to be the 86 tops. I mean, the, the the green sort of field lines in the background, it just the colors just pop. I love the photography. Uh, basketball, that's a little bit tougher. I'd probably go with maybe 90 Skybox or something like that. I love the, the, the ultra 90s graphics going on in the background there. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool set when that came out. It was so much different with all of the different shapes and the you know different kind of computer generated images. It's, it was a lot different than the other designs that we were seeing at the time. That was one of the reasons I kind of liked the Panini status release that came out a few years ago. Because when the first time I saw that, it immediately gave me, you know, flashbacks to the 90 and 91 Skybox sets from from back in the junk wax era. I don't know if you're familiar with that that status set or not, but but it's one of my favorites because of the nostalgia that it brings from those Skybox sets. That's great. I'm not familiar with that set specifically, but I think, you know, Skybox really opened the door to those sort of computer graphical designs. And you can see, I mean, they, they had to have had an influence on the inserts and everything else going on in the hobby. So you collected as a kid, you kind of focused on football, expanded a little bit into basketball when you were younger, and then you mentioned a break. What, what did that break look like for you? Well, you know, I, you get into that 13 to 15 year old age. I was more into playing basketball, I suppose, and collecting basketball. And then, of course, your disposable income starts going to your girlfriend <laughs> instead of to the hobby shop, I suppose. So at, at that point, unfortunately, that's that's where it took me. <laughs> And then you had that break up until up until COVID. When you got back into it, did you still have many of the cards from when you were a kid? I know it sounded like some of those very first ones, you know, may have found their way into other collections. But did you when you got back into it, were you starting with at least some of that collection you had when you were younger? 
Well, I knew I had some reserves in my parents' cabin, you know, back home, I suppose. I didn't have access to them. I actually took a trip um, last summer um, back to our home cabin, I suppose, for the first time in about 10 years. So I was able to grab everything that was left over. Uh, but I, I had to start from square one with just the memories. But like I said, man, I was so happy to at least get it was only like a, a 350 count box or something like that. But I was able to get some of the, the gems from back in the day. And it it's just amazing how your mind works. The condition of all those cards was so terrible. <laughs> I remember taking them in and out of binder pages and top loaders and sorting and resorting the collection. And in your mind's eye, of course, you were so careful with everything. But picking them up nowadays, man, they are brutal. <laughs> so what does that collection look like now? Where where are you at with your collecting focus? What are you just focused on the stuff from the junk wax era, or are you also picking more modern cards as well? Well, you know, when I very first started getting back into it, I was dabbling with modern, but I always ended up disappointed, man. I did not get very very many good pulls, and frankly, I don't know a lot of the players nowadays. I'm not as uh, up with the sports on a day-to-day basis as I was when I was a kid. But then, you know, at the LCS, I happened to bump into some old boxes of junk wax. And I, I always have a fun time ripping junk wax. And I never feel like I get ripped off at the end of the day. So it's it's been so much fun to go back and start, you know, pulling those rookies and, and Hall of Famers that you grew up with and just building back the collection. So I, I have, a you know, a, a number of boxes of cards that I've pulled over the last couple of years. And I've also been curating a, a slab collection of well, just kind of the real uh, real favorites from the era. So you're picking up both boxes and packs of the junk wax era stuff and opening it, but also picking up singles too. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a pack junkie when I was a kid at the LCS, man, I used to open up my packs in the counter. I would take out the best cards, trade them in and buy more packs with the money. So ripping packs has always been my favorite part of the hobby. So it's not something I'm ever going to let die, but realizing in full that you're never going to get the cards you're looking for just pulling packs. So I've, I've been able to dabble a little bit on both sides, but uh, ripping the wax open, man, has always been where it's at for me. It seems like you've also put together a nice uh, collection of other pieces of memorabilia behind you. You've got several display boxes of, of wax from the area, some wrestling, some basketball, some football, basketball up there. Um, you've got a string of Beckett number ones. It looks like maybe up on the, on the top. Yeah. Shelf. Tell, tell me a little bit about the the thought process that went by kind of building out your background there. Well, you know, this is my happy place, man. And it, it's funny enough, it all started with an Ikea Calyx uh, bookshelf and thinking about uh, what to put on it, I suppose. And then uh, having a few wax boxes around and, a, and uh, actually the uh, owner of the, the local card shop happened to gift me a Jim McMahon starting lineup. I had done a, an episode on YouTube about 1983 Topps football, and I had bought the box from his uh, from his shop. And he remembered that and watched it and ended up giving me the McMahon uh, the next time I had visited. And that really kind of planted the seed, I guess, for starting lineups, man. And ever since then, I've been thinking about just cool ways to arrange. Um, and, and I'm sure you know, you know, being from the era, video games and, and uh, Rip and Wax were very intertwined back in the day. So those classic Nintendo games have a special spot in my heart, just like uh, – packs of cards so being able to kind of put everything together to really represent you know what what childhood was like man it's been a lot of fun that's cool over these last few years it, it seems like you've built quite a little community on twitter you know you you've built quite a following there based on the the type of content that you're sharing talk to me a little bit about the thought process that goes into building a twitter community what was the inspiration for that and, and kind of what keeps you going when you think about the types of things that you want to share on there? 
I mean, ultimately it just comes down to loving what I'm doing, man. I just have a lot of fun with it. So whether or not it, it works out one way or the other, or I'm enjoying myself and that's the most important thing, I suppose. But, you know, as, as you post more and more, you see what resonates with people. I think in general that the junk wax era is a little underappreciated um, just in the hobby in general. People talk down on it a lot. But I think one of the benefits is, frankly, is you can build a whole new collection and, and it's not incredibly expensive. You're not caught up with the COVID bubble of, you know, modern release prices and stuff like that. So when I sit down to try and, you know, think about what sort of content that I want to promote, I really just go back to my childhood and I think about, you know, the mindset that I had, what I enjoyed doing, the things that I, you know, that made me crazy back in the day. And then just kind of go through the memory banks, think about, you know, what was important to me, what was important to other people, and then just try and put something out there and see what sticks with people. And then once you find kind of, you know, what what resonates with people, you can build on that and stick with what works and kind of roll back what doesn't. That's cool. Have have you also attempted to, you know, build that community or or share some of that on Instagram or threads or YouTube or some some other platforms as well? Well, you know, I started on YouTube, but that that was a tough nut to crack for me. It was a lot of work, which I really enjoyed all of the video editing and stuff like that. But I just never really seemed to resonate with that community in the same way that, uh, that I have on Twitter. And it just seemed like maybe there was a void that needed to be filled. I know there are some other great, um, you know, junk whack creators um, like Dub Mentality um, out there doing great stuff. Uh, Mario Baseball does a lot of uh, older stuff as well. So there, there are guys kind of scratching that itch, but to have somebody just kind of dedicated on a day-to-day -day basis there there are many of us around and i think guys from the era you know we're sick sick of feeling like the redheaded stepchild in the hobby man you got vintage collectors you got modern collectors and we're kind of stuck in the middle with everybody telling us it's worthless memories aren't worthless man and that's what i'm all about so that's that's where i'm having fun what do you enjoy most about about twitter and the interactions that you have there you know, I think it's the immediacy of the whole thing. And it's a very pull yourself up by your own bootstraps platform. Um, when you're on Facebook, when you're on Twitter, there are algorithms involved that seem almost anti-competitive or they're trying to cater to a certain viewpoint. But Twitter, it really seems like it's up to what people like in repost and, and really, again, what, what resonates with them. Um, and it's 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 been easier to connect with people too. With YouTube, I'm talking to you. You're not talking to me. There's no real back and forth. I mean, there's comments and stuff, but it's it's not in real time. Um, in Twitter, it's it's a very immediate process. So we're speaking kind of back and forth, sometimes within a few seconds of each other and stuff like that. And it's more like a conversation than it is kind of like a dictation. Back to your your collection. I, I wanna I wanna hit on this before we go today. You know, you're continuing to build that collection out. Are, do you have kind of a list of some key cards, some of your kind of grail pieces that you want to track down to make that, that collection complete or, or even just to keep it progressing in the way that you want? Do you have kind of a, a checklist that you use to kind of focus in on what you're going to go after next? Yeah, I always got something in the hopper. I suppose lately, frankly, I've been buying a lot of starting lineups, trying to fill out the shelf. So I got maybe another 20 of those literally uh, coming in the next couple of weeks. But uh, I've got a couple of cards on my radar. The next card that I'm really looking at is that 1989 Pro Set Santa Claus promo with coming into the holiday season. I think that's my next target. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a cool one. Will you go after it graded or will you go after it raw or what's your approach for that? I think I got a PSA nine in my future somewhere, man. All right. Very, very cool. Well, hey, if people want to connect with you, if, if people out there listening to this episode aren't already familiar with you, give everybody the, the place to go to get in touch with you or to follow along with what you're doing. 
Sure, man. So I am on uh, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it nowadays, man. I am at Junk Wax Heroes. Um, and that's it, man. That's that's my platform. I know other people branch out. I've, I've been on YouTube and stuff like that. But Twitter is really where I enjoy you know, my time and, and uh, spend time with the community. So uh, hit me up on Twitter, guys, and I'll see you there. And I would definitely recommend that you do. If you have any you know, affection for the Junk Wax era at all, you want to go and follow Junk Wax Heroes. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on today and sharing a little bit about your collection, your focus, and your your Twitter account. So thanks again for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, man. I had a lot of fun. So go check out Junk Wax Heroes on Twitter. I've got a link to his Twitter account in the show notes. And so if you want to go check that out, you can go see that link in the show notes if you can't find it or you're having trouble finding it on your own. Also in the show notes, you can find some affiliate links to help support the show. You can find an Amazon link, an eBay link, and, and a couple Sport Lots link, and a couple others. So if you're in the market for some cards or supplies, it would mean a lot to me if you would consider using those links prior to making your purchase. If you enjoy reminiscing about the Junk Wax era, then you're going to want to come back next week because I'm going to have a follow-on topic to this. We're going to cover some of my favorite cards from the junk wax era that are a part of my collection so i'm going to run through those different cards in next week's episode and maybe that will bring some nostalgia back to you as well that is all i have for you today i'll catch you next time